Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Every day is Earth Day. We have with us Jane Dow, who has been a guest before here on KMSU. And we also have Jim Dimmick, who is a faculty member here at Minnesota State in Communication Studies and also involved with this Sustainability Fair. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Great to have both of you in the studio this morning. And Jane, you've come to talk about recycled plastics in the past. Not that long ago, we had a show on that. Yes, in organics recycling. In organics recycling, yes. So now we're talking about a sustainability fair coming up on September 25th from 1 to 3 p.m. and September 26th at 4 p.m. There's a discussion group for the story of plastic, which is a film. Okay, very good. And this is a part of the First Congregational UCC. That's a, a church in Mankato at 150 Stadium Court, Mankato. So let's talk about the idea of a sustainability fair. What a, exactly is all that about? Sure. So just recently, and I think we're all aware of this, the Interplanetary Panel for Climate Change came out with a revised report about our what we need to do to bring the um, carbon dioxide emissions down in our environment, that we have about seven years to work on this and we need to stop putting carbon dioxide into the air immediately. Uh, about 45% has to be decreased by 2030. So there's a certain urgency here and I think we're all aware of it because it's been around for a while, the discussion of the urgency of doing this for our climate, for our health, for our world, uh, for our survival. So it seems really important for churches to take a role in educating people and ha letting them know what they can do, not only in their personal lives, but on a, a, you know, in their communities, on a local level, in the state level, on the federal level, to make sure that this happens. And we need to energize now, motivate, and coordinate to all of our effort into doing this. So that's why we're doing the sustainability fair. In the fair, we are addressing three major issues, which are the three biggest causes of um, carbon dioxide increase in the air. And they are burning fossil fuels, uh, which is number one, um, deforestation, which is a big issue, and um, landfills, methane from landfills. So all of our tables have to deal with those three issues and not only what we can do in our personal lives, but what we can do to support bills. There are some really good bills out right now to address these issues because the legislators know they have to move. But they're not going to move on them. They're not going to introduce them into their, their committees unless we all make this concerted efforts to say to them, this is of utmost priority. We have to do this. And Jim, you are a faculty member here at Minnesota State That's University right. in Communication Studies. Yep. So what is your involvement here with the Sustainability Fair? Because we know that Jane has been active before in the organics <laughs> recycling, and I'm just curious because I haven't seen you here before for our Every Day's Earth Day. Well, so um, one of the roles that I have in the Department of Communication Studies is I'm one of the advisors to uh, 
our program in advocacy. It's one of the new minors that we have. It's part of the School of Communication. Oh, wow. Um, and so the kind of vision behind that minor is that not only professionally, but also civically, because, you know, we should be interested in the civic lives uh, of our students and graduates, not just their professional lives, that, you know, we all as a community, as a culture, as a country, right, we do better the more of us who are engaged. And so if people feel empowered to engage in their ordinary everyday lives as citizens, we're all going to be better, right? Uh, it's a grassroots philosophy kind of. But um, part of that work that I do then outside the university, I work with an organization called Indivisible, specifically Indivisible of St. Peter, Greater Mankato. Okay. Um, and environment is one of the issues that we touch on. Um, and, and essentially, I, I guess that the philosophy that I sort of take from Indivisible is sort of the same that I just <laughs> pushed for advocacy, right? That, that, a lot of the reason why many of us don't feel like we can affect change and do something about it, like, I think that Jane is right when she says, you know, like, we've all heard about this and, and she wants to focus in on some of the root causes and issues. But the big picture stuff, you know, we've all heard these issues. We're all aware that, you know, climate change is a thing that's going to have a huge impact upon the world, that we're going to have to deal with it, both in terms of addressing the causes and the consequences of not acting on it sooner. But as an individual, you kind of take that knowledge and you sit home and you, you know, are sad uh, yeah, or, right. or, or upset or, or you feel very pessimistic about the future. Indivisible is optimistic about the future in that we believe that as citizens, we can organize and actually make change in the world. That change really begins at the local level. And so, you know, we also want people to see that there are connections, that, that issues for social justice, issues for police reform, issues, you know, to protect immigrant rights are not separate from issues on immigration, but that a lot of people working in their sort of indivisible silos don't necessarily connect with one another. So we're there to kind of broaden and amplify and support and make sure that as many people are getting involved as possible and that they see concrete action steps, not just awareness talk. of the problem, not just talk. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, Jim, as a professor then with this class emphasis, which I did not realize, mm -hmm. so that's news to me, is this something that you are having your class be involved in with this sustainability fair as well? Is this kind of something that is a part of, of a assignment or just encouraging them to be an active? So actually the class is not meeting this semester. Oh, darn. <laughs> no, no. No, we're going to be meeting again, though, in the spring. There's actually a minor, and so we have many classes okay. that encourage kind of civic engagement and talk about different levels and ways of participating in, in civic engagement, history of civic engagement. Uh, um, but the class itself that I, I teach that is directly in advocacy work, we're going to be doing that in the spring. And so uh, those students will be able to look forward to working with the caucus. Okay, great. Because we're caucus, the caucuses are going. Well, I'm glad to hear that that's that's <laughs> happening. I did not, I did not realize that. Yeah. Now, this particular sustainability fair, I I heard about it because my friend Barb Lampson, who many of our listeners know, because she's been a volunteer mm. here for over 35, 40 years, I think now, talking about gardening and always been emphasizing compost piles and recycling and things like that. That's part of what we do in soil, healthy soils, etc. So I know she is one of the presenter. What other sorts of things will be going on at this particular sustainability fair that might be of interest to, to folks who want to come and learn more? Well, getting back to the main source of carbon dioxide mm -hmm. emissions, which mm -hmm. is burning fuels, a lot of people don't realize that plastic, 99% uh, of plastic is made from fossil fuels. So we have this huge, huge crisis right now. It's probably the biggest environmental crisis of our time mm. because 
the fossil fuel companies are losing their market in transportation and electricity. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for another market to explode that they can rev up and create more fa- plastic for. And they have landed on the idea of packaging, um, throwaway packaging and throwaway containers like utensils, plastic bags, um, plastic takeouts, styrofoam. And it's like, wow, here's our market now. We're going to focus on this. But that's like so damaging to our environment. And Mm -hmm. if people realize what goes into making these plastics that we use in five and ten minutes and then throw away, and it's so pervasive, they will understand that we have to stop using these products. Um, One of the problems with the fossil fuel industry creating plastics is that It starts with fracking, and we all know that fracking puts out methane and carbon dioxide in large emissions. The whole chain of plastic production is uh, creating methane, carbon dioxide, furanes, dioxins, water vapor, all causing and and exacerbating climate change by putting out more carbon dioxide into the environment. And they are already set on having, they have permits to start up 47 new plastic petrochemical ethane cracking plants. Um, And they're uh, hoping to expand to 300 by 2030. Now, where is this at? Where is this This is all along the Gulf Coast. This is in places like Texas, Louisiana, um, Cancer Alley, which is already extremely contaminated area. Uh, And the people who live there know. And the people who live there are mostly minority people. Mm-hmm. And they are the most affected. Their health, they live 10 to 15 years less. They have all kinds of illnesses and health problems from the pollution. But mo- also, just as important as, as the uh, social justice issue is the issue that they will be putting out just by 47, uh, in, well, in 2019, uh, just with what plastic production they've done, which is <laughs> throw away plastic again that we don't need, they have put out 850 million tons of carbon dioxide into the air in just one air one year, and by 2030, if they are able to continue with this craziness, they they will have put out 1.3 billion gigatons of carbon dioxide. So we we can't have. I this don't happen. even know what that is. I it's, mean, that's it's it's, it's uh, sounds so huge. I don't know how it relates to anything. I guess it's hard mm-hmm. to. It it would increase the um, carbon dioxide emissions by. It would use up about 14% of our carbon dioxide emission, um, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. And we can't afford to do that because of the pro- trajectory of what's going on. So we have to stop plastic. Well, and, and it's just not even all the, the problems with the fossil fuels, the fracking, and the carbon dioxide. It's also the problems of um, it never completely decomposes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's always in our environment. All of the chemicals that are used in plastic are causing massive health problems for us and it's killing 100 million animals a year. Uh, the animals are eating it. They're getting caught in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plastic is in the ocean to such an extent now that there's one pound of plastic for every three pounds of fish, which means oh. that the fish are in inha- you know they're eating this plastic mm-hmm. and they're dying because it, it interferes with their intestinal. We're eating things that we eat like mussels and shrimp that are whole. They have plastic in their stomachs, and we're eating that. So. We're also breathing in about 74,000 microplastic particles a year just from our environment because it's carried in the dust, 
Um, mm. It's carried on the roads with the tires. It blows off of the ocean, and the ocean is totally saturated with plastic. Mm. So we really have uh, it, and it doesn't go away. It and sounds so overwhelming, really, Jane. When mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're saying these numbers, it just sounds like it's almost impossible to do anything. I know, but it isn't because <laughs> here's the thing: is <laughs> this is our hope. We there is there are two bills right now that are extremely important in addressing plastic pollution, and they can have a big impact. And one is called Break Free from Plastic, and that's where every place I go, I say to people, please go on to the the website Break Free from Plastic and sign the letter of support. It's easy to do. The legislator's name is you know you it, they give you the legislator. They give you the pre-written pre letter. All you have to do is click submit, and you can let the, your legislators know that you want them to support this, this bill. And what the bill will do is um, it'll stop, uh, put a moratorium on plastic plants, petrochemical plants, number one. So it's called Break Free from Plastic, yeah. okay? It will um, insist on having funding for an infrastructure to recycle what's not being recycled now, to ban throwaway plastics that we don't need as long as we have alternatives, which we do, um, to stop the production of styrofoam, which is extremely harmful to everybody. And, and there's no question about that. Everybody knows that. Um, to uh, have a refund um, program for all things like bottles and cans, et cetera, to, that they, people can get a deposit so that it doesn't get thrown into the um, environment and doesn't get into our water systems. And to work, this is most important, to work on funding to figure out how to get the plastic out of our environment so that we can right the ship now, <laughs> so to speak, and stop contaminating. Because we have to do that. Mm -hmm. We have to do it, and we have to do it now. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important bill. The other bill that's really important is called COMPOST. It's all capitals. It's an acronym for something else, but it would give funding to providing um, infrastructure so that we can keep food scraps out of our, um, our landfill, which is really important right now as far as methane production. And this bill would, um, allow, would give funding to an infrastructure to collect food scraps to educate people about what they can compost and to get a program to send it, uh, set up compost facilities, small ones in, each, in the different communities, so that there's a place to take it, and also um, funding for the continued development of compostable products, which is a very good alternative, by the way, to, um, to plastic. So compost and break free from plastic, two of the places you can go to sign up to say you want your legislators to support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are federal bills. There are a couple of okay. state bills, too. Mm -hmm. All right compost labeling bill. I have I think I can give you the thing you can put on the informational sheet you can put on your Oh sure. Your yeah, website. when you mm -hmm. that would be great. I can put that on our uh, KMSU site. Now Jim, in terms of indivisible in uh, of St. Peter and Mankato yeah. is that something are you getting other people involved in things like Jane's talking about and trying to get active folks to to do something like she's talking about? So yeah, you know, it, we helped to promote and uh mm, Facilitate. How about that? Uh, a, a couple of days ago, before the the pandemic, we had a couple hundred, uh, a lot of students from Guest Davis and a lot of the St. Peter community showed up in Minnesota Square, Square Park. Like we were actually really amazed by the turnout. You know, to stand up and say this is an issue that really matters to us. And what's great about those kinds of meetings and also places like the Sustainability Fair um, are that I think they show people, first of all, how big 
the environmental movement really is. Um, I, um, and as big as it is, as much as it matters to people, we want to make sure that it matters to the people who are representing us at really every level of government. So your listeners on KMSU are probably in District 19, right? So that means they should know who Nick France is and that he represents them in the Minnesota Senate. And they should be able to call Nick France and say, this issue really matters to me because he's got a lot of people telling him what he should prioritize. So call him and tell him, we want you to prioritize the environment and tell him some of the issues that you care about because those things can happen at the state level. You should be calling Susan Ackland if you live in the St. Peter or North Mankato area. You should be calling Luke Fred if you live here in Mankato, if you live outside of Mankato, you should be calling Jeremy Munson. And and that these issues, I think, to transcend and cross political and, and cultural lines, the environmental movement supports agriculture. You know, if we really want to have sustainable agriculture, strong family farms, you know, that means that we're going to be having to work on long-term sustainable environmental practices that, you know, our small family farms who are really struggling in rural Minnesota do not benefit from things that benefit big oil. <laughs> you know, that that is not that that we are the natural allies here working together with our rural communities, our small farms. You know, I, I think when Jane talked about how we have Cancer Alley, that, that these kinds of problems fall most heavily on our poorest communities, our communities of color, right? That this is why there needs to be a lot of work. And that comes from direct engagement on the ground with your local legislators, your school boards, your city councils. So that's where Indivisible really pushes to support. And it, it is easy. It's you know, People kind of get intimidated by the idea mm -hmm. of calling their legislators. Yeah. I've done it. The first time I did it, it was like, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to, you know? Yeah. But mm -hmm. usually an aide answers and they say hello, and all they want to know is what your opinion mm -hmm. is. Okay. They don't ask you to explain why, you know. Mm -hmm. to, it's like, well, what do you or So you don't have to provide, you. like... <laughs> resources and everything no you're just no like, what do you want you're, you're okay. not cross-examined at all they okay. just want to know <laughs> which way you you fall on a subject and mm. then they will record it and it's so simple and mm. you don't have to feel intimidated I, at all i'm sure you get the argument though of people saying well yeah but you know the fracking's bringing jobs and all that kind of thing i'm sure you're getting that side of it too from from people mm -hmm. trying to uh, resist that way. How do you respond mm. to that well if we can find alternatives mm. that pre create jobs then why not do the right thing for our environment? I mean, in the long run, we want to be healthy. We want to survive, don't we? So <laughs> so uh, we find alternative yeah. jobs. And there are plenty to do with composting, with alternative um, products, production. Uh, there's so many ways that we can do uh, things that are healthy for the environment mm -hmm. and still have jobs and prosperity. And that's been proven before. My dad was a miner, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> My dad was a miner. He was oh, a heavy equipment wow. operator working in, in a gold mine. And I'll tell you something. You know, the one thing you know if you ever grew up in a, in a mining town or a community like that is that everyone there came from somewhere else because it's a boom and bust economy. Well, like the, South Dakota. I, I remember exactly. that when everybody yep. all of a sudden moved to South Dakota because the fracking was so big. And, right. And right. And, and then, and you know what? It, South Dakota's experienced it. North Dakota's experienced it. Wyoming's experienced it. I, my family left South Dakota to go to Nevada, who's now experiencing it, right? I mean, the, the, the jobs are great short-term big money jobs. Temporary. But actually, if you look economically, the people there, the, the, the costs that come from increased housing, increased food, increased fuel costs, the, the boomtown costs eat up all the benefits that those jobs bring, you know, and, and I mean, there are benefits to that short-term economy, but they are necessarily short 
long-term benefits. And if you talk to people who live and work in those economies, psychologically, they all know that today's boom is tomorrow's bust, and they're already mentally moving to the next town. And so we need to build our policy around after the boom, it's not a, it's just the temporary dear, fix. Thing. Exactly, exactly. That's a temporary fix to a long-term problem, and the yeah. environmental problems are going to stay. Right. You know, when when the fracking goes, you know, they leave a lot of the the work sites and the chemical spills and. You know, when the mines are going to leave northern Nevada, they're going to leave huge leach pads of cyanide and other kinds of and big scars in the earth that are not going to go away. The water table is disappearing in those places. Right. So what are we going to do? Because they're not going to be there to clean up the mess that's left. That's going to be up to us. And then that has ramifications for people's health in that community forever. Right. Right. Absolutely. It, it pollutes their water, um, it, you know, the respiratory problems that they have. Mm -hmm the chemicals that they're drinking. I'm well, I mean, I think today a lot of people are the victims mm -hmm. of that from years oh, and yeah. years yeah, of, of sure. when we didn't think about it. Because of years back, I don't think people even considered it a big deal to flush everything down the drain. No. Right. Yeah, no. it's so true. Right. I know. And now we're becoming more conscious of what the effects are. Now that it, the results have shown that it does affect us. In yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Well, I want to get back to the sustainability fair because I hope people will go and f get more education on that. That is coming up on September 25th, 1 to 3 p.m., uh, talking about community projects. And at 4 o'clock, there's the story of plastic, which is a film, you said, and there will be discussion and refresh refreshments. Could you give me a little that's, update? Yeah, that's on Sunday, mm -hmm. the next day. Oh, okay. 4 o'clock. And it's um, the story of plastic is an awesome story. It, it really has gives you a complete picture of what the issues with plastic are from um, production to decomposition, and um, it's very impelling. And I think when people watch that, they'll think, yeah, I do have to call. I do have to tell the, my legislator to support this bill. I do mm -hmm. have to stop e eating out of plastic. I have to find other ways of living that doesn't involve me contaminating my body with plastic. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very educational film, and mm -hmm. I think people will like it. I have to ask this. Is, are there any COVID restrictions? Like you have to wear your mask at this? Because this is at the first congregational. It says outside at 150 Stadium Court, Mankato. But I assume, is the movie outside too? The movie is inside, okay. and we will social distance, and okay. you will wear masks. Mm -hmm. That is good to know. But I'm looking at the topics. Everything from beekeeping, organics recycling, which is something you talk about, Jane. Starting organics collection businesses backyard composting, sustainable personal hygiene products, renewable energy, butterfly gardens and organic gardening, water quality, uh, soil health, and Rasmussen Woods Nature Walk as well. And so, and that sounds like a kind of a fun event. So you really covered a, a really wide variety of, of issues. Mm -hmm. And is there going to be some way then you mentioned you want people to be active and make some calls to their legislatures. Is that something that's going to be provided information on how to do that? Yes. Mm -hmm. I My Mankato Zero Waste Table and the Blue Earth Project Table are both going to have all kinds of advocacy uh, measures you can take. I even going to have some plastic bottles if you are so inclined to do something fun. I'm, there's a message in there that we can send to our legislator that says, please support the plastic bottle ban bill, mm -hmm. and they can send it right in the bottle. Really? <laughs> okay. Cool. So, yeah, we're going to do Are it. they recycled plastic bottles, I assume? <laughs> yes, they are. But oh. are they recycled is the other question. Well, well that's the other, yeah, that's the other question. <laughs> and how, how often, how much can they be recycled before they just get into the environment? So, um, yeah, and the other important thing that I didn't talk a whole lot about, but I'd like to mention just quickly, is the importance of uh, supporting healthy soil. And mm -hmm. people, not only in our own gardening, but 
um, supporting measures, again, legislatively, that will help farmers transition to healthy soil practices Mm -hmm. and make it profitable for them and give subsidies to small-scale farmers, family farmers, and um, a whole transportation, local transportation system and... um, uh, growing vegetables locally and, um, you know, like food to uh, farm to table kind of um, funding. There are a couple of bills dealing with that. And interestingly enough, if we can transition to healthy soils again, where we actually have organic matter and the soil is rich, has all the microbes and can do the job of, of nourishing the plants, we can uh, store tremendous amounts of carbon, and that's one of the solutions right now to the carbon issue, uh, is, is, is organic farming and also composting. And carbon just, farming is what I think I've heard it, heard it called, and we've had our show on that, talking about... Have you? People. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've had good. numerous cool. on, on the soil. We, In fact, here at MSU, we've got experts in the, the soil health in our soil science department, which mm-hmm. is kind of rel- actually very new to yep. MSU. So that's exciting news. Mm-hmm. And we've had other guests on to talk about specifically carbon farming. So, oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. You're doing so, a great job. So, yeah, and I love if people give suggestions on other topics. So we'll, you know, hopefully we'll have you guys on again to talk about mm-hmm. other issues. We're almost out of time here, so I'm going to have to let you go. But any other thing you want to say about the sustainability fair, anything you want people to know before I let you both go? You know, I, I think that it's just very important for for everybody you know listening to know that there are ways to educate yourself without getting overwhelmed and that in particular looking at some of the things I think that Jane has talked about like that some of the resources that we're going to be able to provide at the sustainability fair I think that getting to know and familiarize yourself with these issues is super important and that it is not that hard to get involved there's a place to get involved and to help make change in the world for everybody, regardless of where your comfort level is, regardless of what you feel like, you know, like your zone is, there's a place for you in going out there and doing something. And, you know, you can probably find that at the sustainability fair. If they want to get Saturday in, and Sunday. If they want to get involved <laughs> in your in your indivisible group. We'll have people there to sign up at the sustainability fair. You can also check us out on Facebook. And yep. Jane, if they want to get involved, do they just need to call you or, or talk to you? Because I know you're the contact for the Sustainability Fair specifically. Any of the above, email, call, (laughs) whatever you want to do. And um, I would just uh, ask people if they can't uh, attend the fair, go to the two couple websites that are really important to deal with plastic. It's called, one is called Beyond Plastics. Beyond Plastics, okay. And the other is called Break Free from Plastic. And that will give you all kinds of actions you can take, from very small ones to organizing your community, you know, to to whatever. So, And I think it's interesting churches are becoming involved. You're specifically from UCC. I know our church at Messiah Lutheran is taking on doing the plastic recycling. And so I bring in all my plastics, the clear plastics and things like that. And and we're actually going to be making that into a bench for the church, which I think is kind of a cool thing. So, so yeah. So thank you so much for all the work you guys are doing. I appreciate it. And thanks for your time. And we'll be talking again in the future. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Every Day Is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you're part owner, member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day Is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.